Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. I think that one of the most beautiful buildings in the world would have to be the Basilica in Barcelona, Spain, known as the Sagrada Familia. It also has the distinction of being the longest running building project on earth today. It has been under construction for the past 138 years. The interior is for the most part complete and when you walk into that space, that nave, that sanctuary, you feel as if you are in a forest. And that's because the pillars, the huge pillars that soar up to the ceiling, supporting the roof, they're made to look like trees. And as they soar up to the ceiling, they, they branch out and the different branches support different parts of the roof. In the ceiling is different colored stained glass and when the sun strikes during different times of the day you get different colors in the sanctuary. It's beautiful almost beyond description. And when I first saw it, and that was on a 60 Minutes broadcast years ago, when I first saw it, I thought to myself, that's the Garden of Eden. It's Eden in stone. And I thought to myself, how appropriate that this temple, this basilica, would be made to resemble a forest. Because the very first temple, as we learned several weeks ago, was the Garden of Eden itself. That was where heaven and earth overlapped, where God and man knew one another face to face. The architect of the Sagrada Familia, a man named Antony Gaudi, purposely designed the interior to look like a forest for this reason, he said, it is in a forest that man feels closest to God. I thought about that, and it struck me that it's not unlike what I hear nature lovers say when they're struck by a majestic site, a forest, a, a canyon, the Grand Canyon, or some such thing. And my theological antenna go out, and I start to wonder, is this worshiping nature rather than the creator, or some such thing? But I've come to the conclusion, probably not. You see, when you're in a forest, when you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon or when you're in the mountains, 
you are in the presence of an enormity. You're in the presence of something that dwarfs you and it dwarfs your ego. I think that we were made to stand in awe of grandeur. We were made to stand in awe of what is majestic. We were made to be in awe not only of something, but of someone. And that brings us to Roman number one in our outline. Eden is both our past and it is our future as well. It was our beginning, but it's also our destination. And there's two things to me that stand out in the Eden of the past and the Eden that is to come, the new heavens and the new earth. Two things stand out. Number one, the tree of life. God formed the man and he created a garden, a tree park as we learned several weeks ago. And and he would be fed from the fruits of those trees. And the tree of life was in the midst of that garden. The tree of life is also in the midst of the new heavens and the new earth. It is Eden restored. But the other reality in Eden past and future is the visible presence of God Letter B, God's visible presence. And it is that visible presence of God that I believe every man, woman, and child longs for. We may not realize that's underneath every longing we have, but I truly believe it is. We were made to stand in awe, not just of something, but of someone. The psalm verse read a few moments ago from Psalm 17 puts it this way, as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. You know as well as I, we cannot behold the face of God and live as sinful human beings. God protects us from that raw holiness and majesty which we could not endure but we will be changed and we will see his face. As the psalmist writes, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied. Notice this, not with food, but with your likeness. We're impressed by greatness. We're drawn to it. And we were made to consume not just food. We were made to consume the vision of God, what the church fathers called the beatific vision, the bread of angels. So, Eden is our past, it's our future, it was our beginning, it is our destination. 
Roman numeral two, Jesus Christ is Eden's presence today. Christ is Eden for us. In a fallen world, he is our paradise. As Jesus said to the thief on the cross, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is wherever our Lord is found. At least we can say this, he is a foretaste of the paradise of God. Letter A, the present and the future overlap in Christ. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life from our gospel reading just a few days ago. He, Christ, is the first act of the new creation. His resurrection is a foretaste of what is coming for us all. Jesus said in John 14, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. All that we can know about God, this side of heaven, is bound up in Christ Jesus, our Savior. And I like the way Moses puts it in Genesis 28, when Jacob is asleep at Bethel, and he has a dream, and there's a ladder stretching up to heaven from the earth, and God is at the head of the ladder, and the angels are going up and down upon it. And our Lord Jesus Christ, in John chapter 1, verse 51, said this to Nathanael, interpreting Genesis 28 in light of himself. He said, truly I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man. You see, he is the overlap of heaven and earth. He is where God meets us in a gracious, forgiving way. He is the first part of the new creation, his resurrection. And you and I are new creations in Christ as well. St. Paul wrote, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old administration is gone, the new administration has come. And let us see, the cross is our tree of life today. St. Paul writes, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And the word there for tree, as we learned several weeks ago, is not the ordinary word in Greek for tree. That word would be dendron. Now the word here is xulon. And we said before, it refers not only to trees, but it refers to products made from the wood of a tree. It could be a staff, it could be a yoke, it could be a cross. This cross is our tree of life today. You see, God, in the midst of our sin, did not leave us bereft of a tree of life. 
The cross is our tree of life. And we eat the fruit of that cross in the holy sacrament of our Lord's body and blood. And you know, it doesn't really matter whether you're in the Sagrada Familia or whether you're in a forest or in the mountains. You're in the presence of majesty. You're in the presence of something far greater than yourself. And it's humbling. It produces a sense of awe. It is like being in the presence of the majesty himself, God Almighty. And this is the most awesome thing to me about God. The God who is overwhelming. The God who is majestic and overpowering. What this God desires more than anything else what he longs for above all else is you and me. I think our Lord Jesus said it best, revealing the very heart of God, when in Matthew 23, he wept over the city of Jerusalem and he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and, and stoned those sent to you, how I have longed to gather you to myself as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. And so I ask you, are you willing? Are you willing to be gathered, to be found by our Lord Jesus, are you willing to be forgiven by him and inspired by him? You know, Jesus is our future. And the glorious thing about our future is that it's not confined to the future. Our future is not limited to the hereafter. Our future invades our present in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Through his word, through his body and blood in the Holy Supper, the future comes to us. The God who is our destination and whose face we will behold comes all the way to us in the person of Jesus Christ. The future enters our present in him. And we celebrate that whenever we gather around his word and the Holy Supper. And we partake of the feast that is to come. His body and blood is a foretaste of heaven. So I invite us now to stand and to sing on page 12 of your worship bulletin, Lutheran service book number 955, Let the Vineyards Be Fruitful.
Hear my prayer, O Lord. Keep me as the apple of your eye. In righteousness I shall see you. Abide with us, Lord, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. Abide with us and with your whole church. Abide with us at the end of the day, at the end of our life, at the end of the world. Abide with us with your grace and goodness, with your holy word and sacrament, with your strength and blessing. Abide with us when the night of affliction and temptation comes upon us, the night of fear and despair, the night when death draws near. Abide with us and with all the faithful, now and forever. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> Guide us, waking, O Lord, and guard us sleeping that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. <clears throat> Go in peace, your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation
Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you and keep you. Thank you, Jen He, and thank you, thank you, choir, for being here. <laughs>